2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: And welcome back to the show. Jennifer Leeper joins us now. Jennifer is a state rep who represents a portion of Fairfield. Jennifer, what technically is your district? I don't remember it offhand. Welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks, Lisa. Great to be here. I represent the 132nd district.
0: Okay, so I saw your name in connection with stories that have emerged regarding, I think it's UI, but it might be another utility, that wants to build these 90-foot-high monopoles uh, on approximately 17 acres through Southport, uh, and they look to be very ugly, rather intrusive. Are they necessary, and what can you do about it?
3: Uh, Yeah, so I've been working really closely with the neighbors on this. UI, you're correct, has proposed a transmission line upgrade project, and currently they occupy uh, poles above the catenary structures over the train tracks. Uh, So they're within the train corridor, and they average from 60 to 80 feet above ground. Their new proposal is for these monopoles which will average between 95 and 145 feet above ground
0: what's that about why do they need to be so high why so uh, that's those are the questions we're asking we're asking for
3: them to justify uh this unreasonable uh land grab and disruption to our community and not only will they be taking Uh, privately owned property in Southport, but through all of Fairfield, through the train corridor, or what will now be adjacent to the train corridor, um, along our post road and um, over to Fairfield Metro. And they're claiming it is to make the lines more resilient in uh, the face of more extreme and frequent storms. But... Uh, we're coming back and making the case, if that's really what we want to be doing, we need to more thoroughly explore undergrounding these lines, because we're also in a floodplain. As you know, uh, Here are in Westport, you guys are similar. So we oh, yeah. have so much of our infrastructure in a floodplain already. So why are we investing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to continue to keep this really valuable infrastructure because transmission lines carry the power for all of the new england grid and we're continuing to invest them here in a really densely populated area that's also within the hundred year floodplain so part of what they're doing because these poles are so large they no longer fit within their current utility easement that is the language they use so they're requesting a new one which really is a uh, utility speak for seizing land via eminent domain. And it's not a small amount of land. If you're familiar with the Pequot library, which is a national Ooh, historic site, magnificent, is oh, most of Southport, a yes. national historic district, they're going to be taking in some instances up to 43 feet from between what is currently the train track and Pequot library to like 25 feet into their new quote, utility easement.
0: They'll be clear-cutting all of the trees. No way. uh, Those beautiful trees in Southport? You can't. The trees make Southport. That's what makes that beautiful community. I know. Six and a
3: half acres of clear-cutting of the trees, in addition to the 19 and a quarter acres of land they're taking. This is another uh, six and a half acres. So it's particularly devastating, Lisa, it's devastating for the whole community um, and when people come to our beautiful post road, they're not going no no to want to see a hundred and forty five foot miles lining the full downtown. So That's it's insane. it's Southport it's all of Fairfield and I also keep saying, You know, the town originally missed the deadline, but thankfully the sighting council allowed the town to join the docket um, and was granted party status, which is so important because it's the town's job to represent all residents. And we really are all benefiting from so much expertise and, you know, ability to mobilize against the utility in Southport. But there are other residences that are disproportionately rentals. And the neighbors, you know, are not as equipped to mobilize and privately fund for, you know, legal counsel who are also going to be just extremely impacted by this proposal So along King's Highway between sort of Stop and Shop and Whole Foods, if you're familiar with that area. So it's, it's impacting hundreds of parcels of land and private property owners and then really all of the landscape of the community.
0: Don't you think it's a bit of chutzpah to just assume that they were going to get away with this without the town being aware yeah, about it? I mean, really, you know, sometimes I think who is sitting in a room someplace and thinks that people are going to just sleep and sleep and no one's going to wake up in time. But, you know, luckily we have a very engaged, bright uh, community around us here and people do read the fine print i'm seeing that brenda Kupchik, the first selectman also has been keeping the people who read her newsletter in fairfield informed and in the letter she wrote that various town departments including zoning conservation engineering the tree warden parking authority my office met with ui before their submission to offer input and concerns for the proposal i guess they weren't satisfied i guess ui wasn't listening Uh, So now they're going to intervene. Now, your role as a state representative, what can you do about this up in Hartford? What, if anything, because we all know the Siding Council is an independent appointed authority. They don't get elected by anybody. They don't have to answer to the people as a whole. They only have to do what they're asked to do. And very often they are a tremendous source of frustration because their decisions upon judicial review are often not looking at the substance and fact-finding, but there are other sort of ways that a judge once in a while can overturn the citing counsel. But it's very difficult with this kind of thing. So so what can you do as a legislator here?
3: Yeah, so uh, just a few things. You know, the town had been meeting with UI about this proposal since April 2021 and did not request to be a party to the docket until the neighbors uh, and with my collaboration really sort of forced them to. And thankfully, honestly, because of the Siting Council, they could have denied that request because the town missed the deadline, um, but they didn't, they granted it. And they also granted both a neighborhood 501c3 uh, uh, and also several businesses that filed in their own right to have intervener status. And the Siting Council actually has been reasonable and working with the neighbors in the town uh, and has extended the evidentiary hearings for us, which we're really grateful for. So I will say that about the siding council as a legislator. I have been able to help sort of raise the profile, I think, of this project just locally, but in terms of legislation, I think it's extremely important that we require better notification of residents, from the utility, when there's a project proposed like this, the residents were not notified. So wow!
0: Don't they really have to be within? Got, so wait, isn't there like, isn't there something even in local zoning that if you're going to do anything within 250 feet of your property line, that you have to be noticed? That's the law in, in Westport. That is a feet. local. Yep, I know. And so I guess maybe they're claiming they sent out postcards only
3: to the abutters and right after the new year where it seemingly got lost in people's sort of holiday mail and most people are saying they got no communication. So that I think needs to be addressed. It should be certified mail. If someone's about to take your privately owned property via eminent domain, there need to be assurances that you've been notified in writing. I think that's a bare minimum and we are, we are not requiring that right now. And I think it's a complete failure. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to taking. uh, So you want to change the law.
0: So you're going to look into the details of eminent domain, you're going to change the law.
3: At least for notification,
0: because neighbors need to be prepared to
3: fight. We know this is a real David and Goliath battle we're in. But
0: if Not really. Don't even well, know. Wait, wait. well, let's talk about it. Why does it have to be David and sure. Goliath? Well, I mean, in other words, it always feels that way. But if you collectively have the town, and you have the representatives for the town, and you have the people with their own property rights, and you know, in Connecticut, how much we care about our own property rights, then don't you think? Yep. I mean, then why should it be David and Goliath? What they're proposing to do radically changes the landscape. It seems to me that they would have to show the siding council that before trying to alter things, as you said, above the, above the earth, that they should be able to show why they can't do it below. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. We have charter uh, fiber cables that go across oceans now, oceans, why mm-hmm. can't they do this for electric? I don't know the answer, by the way.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: But can they do this underground? Is it feasible to have these transmission lines underground?
3: It is feasible. Uh, It's less common to have transmission lines uh, below ground. But it's certainly feasible, and we're going to be making the case uh, of why they should be doing that, and that we believe UI's estimate, cost estimates for going underground are not accurate. They're grossly inflated. They are, I think, about double what Eversource has cited for similar work.
0: And... Um,
3: Absolutely. But as you
0: know, well, and also sometimes you have thinking. to, and, yeah, and you know, Jennifer, I hate to interrupt you, but sometimes you just have to pay more for the fact that it's a longer term, better solution, right? Sometimes Absolutely. you just do. I couldn't like, agree right? more. I mean, I mean, I, you know, personally, and this I've been railing about for, I'm going to be on the year 17 years, September 30th. Okay. 17 years. Thank you. And I think I've been talking about this since almost my first show. I don't understand why when the road isn't opened, everybody who has something above or below ground around there isn't notified so they can bury things at the same time. We seem to have no collaboration. I couldn't agree more. Right? I mean, what? I'll tell you something. You want to go to Hartford? Why don't you make that a law? that every time they have to open a road that they have to notify the other people that have some kind of a common shared utility so that at least a decision can be made. Some notice, Hey, this might be a good idea to put this underground now because somebody else is paying for opening the road like ding dong. Really? (laughs) Uh, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny you say that because currently the gas
3: uh, company has torn up my whole neighborhood to redo the gas lines, and I've been thinking the exact same thing.
0: <laughs> like, why aren't um, they burying
3: your telephone poles?
0: Like, why not? Like, why are yep. they not doing that?
3: And you know I- what's also really frustrating that I want to explore more is why we don't require collaboration between our electric utilities. Exactly. Eversource has monopoles on the north side of the rails. Why are ratepayers going to pay for duplicate infrastructure that is going to decimate our community on the south side of the rails? And we already have Eversource infrastructure on the north side. It makes no sense that we would have double the poles running down our entire uh, shoreline of the whole state, right, to essentially achieve the same thing, which is, you know to transmit our electricity for the entire New England grid. and allowing these small communities to really bear the burden of what all of New England benefits from. We've got to be more strategic. We've got to partner. Partnering would lower the cost for ratepayers. We already know we have some of the highest electric rates in the nation. We've got to do better.
0: Well, and also every single East or Irene or Storm Sandy that used to be called one in a hundred year storms that we're now seeing every 10 years or 15 years causes enormous in the billions of dollars often of all kind of damage. And one of the reasons we were so upset and we made that new 96 hour rule was because, frankly, the utilities were overwhelmed by this sudden, very terrible storm. Well, you know what? I had on Moses Rams this week. I don't know if you heard the podcast. You ought to, Jennifer Leeper, because he's head of the union in UI. We had a wonderful conversation. And he was telling us that as far as he's concerned, as somebody who's worked for over 30 years on the lines, okay, and he's head of the union, that that 96-hour rule is a stressful rule on the organization because very often – it's the same people because the storm is a few states wide and you're trying to get the same few people that know how to do this work within a short amount of time we all understand that yep we wouldn't need the 96 hour rule if we didn't have so much disruption in utilities above ground i mean it's sort yep. of like you know it keeps the tail keeps wagging the dog here mhm
3: and we know how how devastating it's been to our communities just the tree cutting alone
0: the tree uh, cutting. Oh my God. So, I exactly. Mean, I mean, you go so, now, you, you go to Westport train station, and all you see are ugly poles. And I'm like, what happened to the trees? Why did they all have mm-hmm. to go? You couldn't cut a few branches. And all along 95, too. I know. And Fairfield know, also. We had Tony Wong on. It's been his, terrible. his community was devastated. I'm so glad you're speaking up for the trees. And you're speaking up for the neighbors and the historic beauty, Pequot Library. If you've never been, you who are listening, if you have never just taken a Saturday afternoon just to stroll through Southport, I promise you, you're walking back in time in in a most beautiful place. I mean, that library is is just simply a treasure. I mean, it's extraordinary. It, it truly is. I will second the plug to come to visit
3: Southport, you'll feel like you're on the vineyard and it really is stepping back in time. And it is so special because the neighbors have worked for decades to preserve the historic nature Mm. of the community. And it wouldn't look the way it does without the neighbors, you know, really fighting for historic preservation all these years. And I think we've gotten national attention on this project because all over the country, People who work in the historical preservation space are very concerned about what sort of precedent this could set if a utility can just as easily usurp land from a nationally protected historic district as anywhere else um, and, and thinking, you know, what's next? What's next? What's hap- going to happen in another 50 years when they need to do new projects or they're going to want to run higher voltage on these lines? You know that you can't help but think, what are the next steps, and what would happen to this community, and any community like it? No community deserves this. And I feel really grateful to be working with neighbors who
0: are so engaged and mobilized to fight. Are you making this very much a bipartisan issue, Jennifer Leeper? Is this really everybody? I think now this is not board? a part of, This is not a partisan issue. You know, this is everyone. So absolutely, and you you get you have a special session on Tuesday, correct? Correct. And you're going to be going back to Hartford. What's on the agenda right now for Tuesday? Tuesday
3: is we're voting to move up uh, the presidential primary to April to try to help Connecticut be a more influential state. Uh, also to vote on the governor's. Supreme court nomination
0: is it, has it been agended yet, whether or not you're going to vote for a special election monitor for the 2023 mayoral election in Bridgeport. I do not believe that's on the agenda. I do believe it will be by Tuesday. (laughs) Um, I will take your word for it, Lisa. I believe that it will be. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Leeper, thank you very much. So what is the next, for people who are following this, what's going on with these enormous monopoles and the siding Council, what is the next procedural hearing hurdle? What happens now? So all uh, testimony from the specialists and
3: the lawyers needs to be to the siding Council by October 4th. We were granted uh, additional evidentiary hearing, which will be October 17th, and the town requested a continuance, which the citing Council said they will schedule another evidentiary hearing after October 17th, but has not selected a date yet. So the so best thing that folks could do is yes. actually email the citing Council because as you know, I'm sure the citing council is an independent body and quasi-judicial, meaning the written testimony submitted is considered evidence on the docket. So it really is valuable. The citing council has to review it. Uh, so it's important. And we've been so lucky. I think it's over 180
0: individuals have emailed the citing council about this proposal, just from Fairfield alone so far. Okay. Very good. So you could email the citing council. Where do you find out for the for people who are listening, how to do that, what the address is. Yes. Citing dot council at ct.gov. And council is spelled I T I N G. Citing dot C O U N C I L. Citing.council. Citing.council. Okay. At, c-t. at ct.gov.
3: C T gov. Okay, perfect. Jennifer Leeper,
0: thank you very much. We are really keeping our eyes and ears on this story. So feel free anytime to update us with what's happening, okay? You got it. I will. I appreciate that. Thank you very Thanks much for so having much. me today. A pleasure. Jennifer Leeper, state rep. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned.
2: Selling a little or a lot?